Hello, and thank you for downloading Witness from the BBC World Service. And to mark the 100th anniversary of International Women's Day, we look back at the life of Rosa Luxemburg, feminist icon and revolutionary. Louise Hidalgo reports. Rosa Luxemburg, whom Lenin would call the Eagle of the Revolution, was born 140 years ago this month in a small town in what was then Russian-annexed Poland. Professor Jacqueline Rowe says that accident of birth was crucial in helping form the thinker and the revolutionary that Rosa Luxemburg would become. She wasn't a nationalist. She didn't believe in the self-determination of the Polish people. She argued against it because she wanted workers of the world to unite across national boundaries. But I think the fact that she was brought up in a country which was under the yoke of another one gave her a very, very strong sense of revolutionary potential or of the need for uprising and protest and resistance to historic injustice. Rosa's family was Jewish, liberal, well-read. Her father had studied in Germany. When he came back to Poland, he brought contemporary ideas and interest in world affairs and Western literature. Her mother was also an avid reader. They read works in German and Polish, and her mother was especially fond of Schiller. Leah Harrow is editor on a new project to translate all Rosa Luxemburg's works into English. They were a very cosmopolitan family. And where did this revolutionary fire within her come from? Though? Because by the age of 15, when the family had moved to Warsaw, she was already very involved, wasn't she, in underground activities, basically? She went to the second best school because she was Polish and the best school was, was reserved for Russians. She becomes politically active while she's attending the high school in Warsaw. And it's at this time that she becomes a member of the Revolutionary Party of the Proletariat. This was the first Polish Socialist Party. Activists tried to organise a general strike. Some of the leaders were caught and executed. Aged just 18, Rosa fled to Switzerland. There she met her fellow socialist revolutionary Leo Jogiszczez, who would be one of the great loves and influences of her life. In this letter, she's waiting for him to join her on the shores of Lake Geneva. Chucha, my golden one. I just now received your letter and the card. So two more days of waiting. Today it's been quite grey since morning, for the first time. But not a trace of rain. The lake glistens with a smooth surface the colour of steel. I so love quiet, pensive weather like this. The only bad thing is that it puts me in the mood for dreaming, not for working. Oh, Giorgio, hurry up! He is often described as this figure that helps her form her intellectual and political ideology, her revolution, you know, this revolutionary process in developing Marxism. And eventually she surpasses him and becomes, you know, this orator and this thinker in her own right. In 1898, Rosa Luxemburg moves to Germany. It'll be her home for the rest of her life. She's got married to obtain citizenship because Germany, she believes, is where the revolution will begin. As did so many German people at the time on the left, I think she felt that that was where the revolution was going to proceed from. At that stage, they were scathing and snobbish about Russia. They felt it was a backward country and that nothing was going to come from there and that Germany was the site of revolutionary enlightenment. And she wanted to be at the forefront of that. That first year in Berlin, she writes to Jogisches, who's still in Switzerland. 
You have no idea what a good effect my attempts to speak at public meetings have had on me. I didn't believe that I could do it. But I took a chance and I stepped out onto the ice. And now I'm sure that within six months or so, I will be one of the party's best speakers. The voice, the language, everything comes out just right. And most importantly, I step onto the speaker's stand as calmly as if I'd been doing it for 20 years. She was the most brilliant public speaker, and she was also the most cogent, pointed, often sarcastic, monstrously tactless, as one of her biographers describes her, writer. And they really couldn't resist it in a way. It was too powerful. Rosa worked her way rapidly up the ranks of the German Social Democratic Party. But then, in 1905, revolution spread across the Russian Empire. As her status in the party declined, because they started to hate her because of her respect for what was happening in Russia, her critique of what was happening to German social democracy, the more that happened, the more and more popular she became out in the streets, the more famous she became, the more wanted she became in sort of proletariat meetings and working class meetings and factory meetings and public speeches. That say she really stood for the capacity for a revolutionary spirit to exceed the sort of fixed organisational systems that are meant to be holding it in place. She gives these very fiery speeches to workers and gets them all very excited about revolution, much to the dismay of the trade unions. And it's the 1905-1906 revolutions where she travels to Warsaw and actually sees revolutionary theory in practice. She writes excitedly from Warsaw to the great Marxist theoretician Karl Kautsky and his wife Lulu about the effect that the Russian uprisings have had. The feeling of solidarity, even brotherhood with the Russian workers, is so developed, it leaves you amazed, even though we ourselves have been working towards that goal. In all the factories, on their initiative, the workers have set up committees that make all the decisions about their working conditions, about who to hire, who to fire, so that the employer has literally ceased to be master in his own house. In her work, The Mass Strike, The Political Party and The Trade Unions, which Rosa finished after returning from Warsaw, she argues that a general strike could be used to bring about a social revolution. But she was beginning to doubt that the German Social Democrats would be at its head. It took a long time for her to recognise that she'd been hugely in error over that and that the German Social Democrats, as they were then called, which were the Revolutionary Party, were going to go over to the parliamentary faction and totally let her down. And what was the point when she did realise that? Was that, you know, at the start of the First World War when they... Well, that was definitive when, in August 1914, after having a huge parliamentary return, the German Social Democrats were better represented than they'd ever been before, which was grounds for celebration, perhaps. I mean, it wasn't clear. She was always very wary of their desire to be part of the political system. However, when they voted in favour of the war munitions budget in August 1914, she was absolutely devastated. And Clara Zetkin says in one of her letters that they both seriously, the two of them, they were very, very close friends, they seriously contemplated suicide. Instead, Rosa and her fellow revolutionary Clara Zetkin dedicated themselves to campaigning against what she denounced as an imperialist war. In 1916, they and others founded the Marxist revolutionary movement, the Spartacus League. And during those years of the First World War, Rosa Luxemburg was in and out of prison. It's in jail that she hears news of the 1917 Russian revolutions and writes to Clara. 
I'm now convinced that in the next few years, a great upheaval in all of Europe is unavoidable, especially if the war lasts much longer. The events in Russia are of amazing grandeur and tragedy. Lenin and his people will not, of course, be able to win out against the tangle of chaos, but their attempt by itself stands as a deed of world historical significance and a genuine milestone. Until the end of her life, two years later, Rosa Luxemburg remained loved and hated in equal measure. On one exit from prison, she was greeted by hundreds of women who showered her with flowers, to her great embarrassment. In January 1919, the Spartacus League took its armed struggle onto the streets. Rosa Luxemburg was arrested on January the 16th, hit with a rifle butt and shot dead. That edition of Witness was written and presented by Louise Hidalgo. For details of our complete range of podcasts and our terms of use, go to bbcworldservice.com forward slash podcasts.